So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 22nd. The name of the chapter is Elements of Material Creation. We have finished up to verse 18. Now, verse 18 talks about the Mahatattva, the various potencies that everybody has and every individual is whether it is a man or an animal or whichever are controlled by the three gunas which is sattva, rajas and tamas. Now sattva is about goodness, rajas is about activity and the last one is about laziness and all that. Okay? Ignorance as we call it. So today we are doing uh, verse 19. Canto 11, chapter 22nd, verse 19, Elements of Material Creation. According to some philosophers, there are seven elements, namely earth, water, fire, air, ether, along with the conscious spirit soul and the supreme soul, who is the basis of both the material elements and the extraordinary spirit soul. According to this theory, the body, senses, life, air and all material phenomena are produced from these seven elements. Now, we have already seen what are the five basic elements that is earth, water, fire, air and ether. This we have already heard about. Every human being or every creature on this planet earth comprises of this or anything that is a created entity created that means it has birth it has life and then it has death all these comprise of the five basic elements this is what we have heard from literally everywhere now the next aspect of it is actually misunderstood by a lot of people what is that he says according to some philosophers Krishna is actually not saying these words. He says, according to some philosophers, there are two more entities, two more elements involved in this. One, according to those people, is called the conscious spirit soul and then there is a supreme soul. So what are these? The supreme soul as we know is called Param Atma or God Almighty. Everybody has an idea that there is a God Almighty. Then what is this subconscious spirit soul? You know, we have always thought that when a man dies, his soul goes away. The idea that the soul going away somewhere is a very, very strange idea. If the soul, the supreme soul, or as we call it as a Paramatma is everywhere. We say God is everywhere. Then where can this soul go away? It is like taking a glass of water in an entire ocean. Now imagine you are dumped inside a, an ocean or maybe a swimming pool. You are inside the swimming pool where water has covered the entire swimming pool. And you are taking a glass of water inside. Is it separate than the water outside? The water inside the glass, is it separate than the water outside? No. So if I empty the glass, 
Am I emptying the glass? I want you to imagine this scene. You are inside an entire tank of water, a swimming pool. You are holding a glass and in the glass there is water inside. There is water outside the glass also. If I turn the glass thinking that the water has come out, has the water actually come out? Remember you are inside the water. Inside means dunked right inside. It doesn't work like that. So where is this idea that soul going away comes? There is nothing like soul coming and going. So the concept of individual souls is absolutely wrong. In an entire tub of water, in an entire ocean of water, how can there be an absolutely different piece? It cannot be. Now think, the entire universe, everything in this world is filled with one supreme soul which is what we call as God or as we call as Paramatma. Hmm? Allah, Paramatma, God, whatever you want to call him, yes. Now in that can there be divisions? Do you think it's a bar of chocolate that we are making small small divisions of God? It's not correct. So there is nothing like a division or a separation in the soul. There is only one soul covering the entire creation. Okay? Now, the second concept over here, he says, conscious spirit soul. Yes, there is one word in that which is correct. Conscious, conscious means aware. Basically, you are aware of some things. You know, you are conscious. Now, imagine there was one fly buzzing over here just behind me. It goes all over. And I am looking at you. Am I conscious? Yes, there is something buzzing around my ear. You know? So I can definitely say, yes, there is, I am aware of it. I am conscious of it. So there is conscious. Conscious means awareness. Spirit. Yes, that is also there. Spirit. You know, in our local parlance, we have always said there are spirits around us. What is the meaning of the word spirit? I mean, it directly translates into ghost. You know, <laughs> actually, we believe in ghosts. So there is a ghost. So there is a spirit. So what is this spirit? Now the spirit is, if you go to any person, he will say, a spirit is like an energy. Spirit is like something which is, you know, mist, you know, the mist, the hazy kind of stuff. Okay, if that is what you want to call it. There is a spirit. Now let us take the religion. When you go to church and when you say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, what exactly are you saying? Ghost, spirit, isn't it? When we say the spirit or the Holy Ghost, that is what gives us this life. It is nothing but a kind of an energy. I don't even want to call it an energy. Let us call it a spirit only. Every living entity has a spirit in it. You have heard of spirits of the 
trees also, of the creatures also, of human beings also. So there is a spirit. Now spirit is individualistic. We go back to the same example like the ocean. So there is an ocean. Now in the ocean there are tiny creatures called fishes or very very small creatures inside this ocean. So this is what it is. So we are like those creatures going all over the place. Now that creature is alive, right? You are alive. You are breathing, right? The spirit in a body is also having the things connected called life air. It is the spirit which helps us breathe. And what goes away from the body is called the spirit leaving the body, not the soul. There is only one soul, not you, me are not souls. Souls, you know, plural. We are comprising of one single soul. And spirits are separate. So every individual has a separate spirit. Now, what does the spirit carry? Spirit carries data. Data of every individual life of yours. So, if you are a spirit, you would definitely have a data connected to that particular being, that entity. So, what is that data? This is the past data, the current data and some amount of futuristic data. It is inside this spirit. It contains. Otherwise, how can an individual have rebirth? If there is only one soul and it is born again, it will be having no control over anything. Right? It is one soul. But because it's an individual spirit, every individual who is born on this planet Earth will have a data from his past lives. See, you may say past lives, there is a controversy over here, what is past life? The coming of Jesus Christ is mentioned. The coming of Jesus Christ is mentioned everywhere. Hmm? What is the coming of Jesus Christ? That means Jesus Christ is going to come again. So that means he has a database somewhere. This database identifies Jesus as that individual. Likewise, in the same way, you are a database which identifies you as an individual who may have multiple births. Alright, that is where the concept of rebirth is introduced again. Hmm? So there are multiple births. We carry data from our different lives. And we proceed further in our life. In the Sanatana Dharma or in the Hinduism, the Hindu philosophy, they say that a woman and a man marries each other seven times. 
seven times. I mean, if you are fed up with a husband, <laughs> imagine being married six more times. It is, it's a painful existence. So think about it. Seven times. That means you are carrying the data in every life of yours. And this by itself translates into that you have past lives with the same individual. Hmm? If you have past lives with the same individual, that means it's a carry forward reaction. It's, it's like a bank account, you know. You have a bank account, you continue putting some money in it, you get interest and then you put some more money in it, you get more interest and it keeps on going. It's like an ongoing transaction. Maybe for a few years you leave that city, go to some other place and then you come back to it and then you start, you know, you go to the bank once again and you say, oh, can you revive my account? And then you start putting money again. It's, it's exactly like that. So you are going to revive your account once again in the next life or in the next or in the next. I don't know. So this is where the spirit soul comes into the picture. Actually, it's not a spirit soul. It is called the spirit. And every individual has a spirit. I hope you have understood this concept of spirit. Paramatma or what we call as the divine God or God Almighty. So God Almighty should never be mixed around with spirit per se. Spirit is separate. It's like an entity inside the Paramatma. Alright. Now, according to this theory, the body, senses, life, air and all material phenomena are produced from these seven elements. So these seven elements are supposed to create everything in this world. Okay. This is as per some philosophers. Krishna has this idea that you need to understand different philosophies. So he is giving you an idea about one such philosophy. Now he is going to say about other philosophers. Other philosophers say that there are six elements. The five physical elements that is earth, water, fire, air and ether. And the sixth element, the supreme personality of Godhead. That there is only one God. That supreme Lord endowed with the elements that he has brought forth from himself, creates this universe and then personally enters within it. So these other philosophers, what do they say? They say that there are these five elements which everybody talks about. Then there is only one supreme God Almighty. What does he do? He puts all these things together. The five elements, he puts them together. Imagine somebody is playing with a play-doh. You know, you are putting an entity together. You are creating a small animal. And then, it is said in many religions, he blows life in it. Hmm? Blows life in it. It's like assembling your own computer. Think about it. You are going to assemble a computer. You take the CPU, you take this, you take that, everything, you put it together. Now, you, when you want to blow life in it, what do you do? You connect it to a power, you know, power. Isn't it? You take the power cord and you connect it back again somewhere to the power cord, somewhere. And the power seeps in and there it is alive. This is one of the concepts of how the creation has happened. So the sixth element called the God, Almighty Supreme Personality of Godhead, what does he do? He puts life in these five elements when they have been created as one object. So, imagine creating a man and then blowing life in it. This is what he says. Some people think that is the philosophy. 
Some philosophers propose the existence of four basic elements of which three, that is fire, water and earth, emanate from the fourth, the self. Once existing, these elements produce the cosmic manifestation in which all material creation takes place. Uh, one more philosophy for you. What does it say? There are three elements which is fire, water and earth. What happens to them? From them, from them coming together creates the fourth element which is called the self. Self means? Was there a self before you were born? You say, na, myself, thyself, is yourself. We say, na, self. What is that self? The self comes into the picture only when there is I, me, myself, thou, you know, all those, I'm sure you have done that. Hmm? Now, when that happens, when a man is created, when an object is created, it creates the self. If I take separate fire, does it create anything? No. Even in our kitchen, we have fire. Then we have a vessel, we put the vessel on the fire and then we put something in it and then it creates an object, whatever it might be. It could be just, you know, an egg, you may be frying an egg or whatever. Something is happening. That created an entity, and that entity which we call it as the self. Similarly, in this verse he says, there are some philosophers who give this concept as well. And from that self comes cosmic manifestation. That means many other objects come into the picture. Some calculate the existence of 17 basic elements. Namely the five gross elements, the five objects of perception, the five sensory organs, the mind and the soul as the 17th element. Now some more philosophers, they came up with their own concept. What is that concept? He says there are five elements which we have already taken. Five senses. We have done the senses yesterday. Then there are five organs of action, hands, legs. We have already done that. And then two more. That is the mind. Everybody has a mind. And then the last one, the soul. So some more philosophers have come up with this theory. According, now the next one, according to the calculation of 16 elements, only difference from the previous theory is that the soul is identified with the mind. If we think in terms of five physical elements, five senses, the mind, the individual soul and the supreme lord, there are 13 other elements. So if I remove the mind from all this, then what is remaining? Ah, 13 more elements and it's an explanation given by some more philosophers. Counting 11, there are the soul, the gross elements, the senses, eight gross and subtle elements, plus the Supreme Lord would make it nine. Now, why all these calculations? You know, all these calculations are because you can see it from whichever point of view. Just think about it. There is one elephant. The example is so simple. There is one elephant and there are four blind men. Four blind men have gone to see an elephant. Can they see an elephant? No, they are blind. So what do they do? They have feeling, they have touch. So they go and touch this elephant. 
one of the blind men he goes and touches what does he touch he touches the trunk you know the trunk and he says oh the elephant is like a big horse pipe because it is wet also another person goes and touches the leg it it seems like a tree trunk you know and he holds it like oh my god this is like a tree trunk the third one catches the tail and he says oh this looks like a rope and the fourth one catches the ear oh it looks like a very big leaf now who is right and who is wrong everyone is right from his own point of view but are they really right no it is an individual way of looking at the same object the object is called an elephant now who can tell the elephant from the right perspective only the one with the eye the eyes will be able to tell them what it is but can you explain it to a blind man think about it if a child is born blind can you explain that there is a flower called rose it is red in color he has no idea what red looks like he doesn't even know what a flower looks like has no clue for him if there is no concept called color there is no concept called a sunset why because he cannot see similarly you try telling a deaf person oh this is so beautiful music you know beethoven he says what beethoven i don't understand beethoven he cannot understand a single word because he is deaf my mother has no sense of taste you know from so if something doesn't have salt in it she doesn't even understand that so she used to always tell me can you taste this and tell me whether there is salt in it now i would say yes mom there is salt in it but when it came to sugar i would always tell her it is there is less of it why because i like more sweet <laughs> so because she doesn't understand sweet so i will say put more sugar in it <laughs> do you understand so it was always very fun and she would put it and then she would say i had already put so much i said put some more so when you are making sweets at home especially during the diwali season you know you make a lot of sweets somebody makes a bland stuff i really don't like it uh few days ago uh, raj ji made some some sweets and there was less of sugar in it i told her very clearly see there has to be sugar in it <laughs> more of it so do you understand taste is important to us a person without any taste buds has no idea even in the eye no you have to see correctly some people have vision problems what are these vision problems they cannot see color color blind some people have the rods and the cones you know the, the two kinds of uh, rods and the cones now you know in my eyes there is a problem i can't see my sides is because <laughs> i lack in one particular kind of cells inside and so if i have to drive a car i can only see in front i cannot see at the side so if i have to 
think that there is some, I can only hear a person. So I have to look like this to see. If somebody is knocking on my glass, I can hear the glass, but I can't see the person. So I have to turn towards that person to see who it is. So do you understand? So this is, there is a problem. So everybody's concept about the things is individualistic. It is not correct. So the three or four blind men are giving their idea about the elephant and it is their concept because it is limited. So who is right? So the reason why Krishna is given so many different examples of somebody saying there are 12 elements, there are 10 elements, there are 17 elements, there are 18 elements. He's giving you all this so that you get an idea that everybody is individualistic. They are right from their narrow point of view. So every religion has complexities and limitations as well. The limitations are nobody understands God any which way. If they are all blind followers and they have only blind idea about what they think is God all about. This is the reason why this verse is there. I hope you understood. The great philosophers have analyzed the material elements in different ways. All of their proposals are reasonable since they are all presented with ample logic. Indeed, such philosophical brilliance is expected to be truly learned. Understand this. Everybody who is giving an idea or a concept is right from his own point of view. Think about it. As a child, we were told, you know, you were sneezing, your mom will immediately say, oh, you are getting a cold. It is her idea. But what is your idea? And you are that small boy who was getting a cold, let us say, and according to you, you are not getting a cold. You had an ice cream and you want more ice cream. So naturally you are going to say, no mom, I am not getting a cold. Can I have more ice cream? You see the idea? So everybody has their own ideas about same object. If there is a beautiful girl, tell them, tell that person, tell one person, oh, she is very beautiful. You know what they will say? Not, not so beautiful. Means it is individualistic. Everybody talks about their own relative concept of beauty and nobody is right. See, many, many years ago I was asked, who is your favorite actress? Uh, to, yesterday I was seeing a small video from uh, this favorite actress of mine. I said, oh, this is uh, Julia Roberts. Ah, your favorite is Julia Roberts. And then if you ask Chitty, he'll say, no, 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 Ileana de Cruz. Ileana de Cruz is your favorite. And you are comparing it to her to Julia Roberts. And uh, Chitty will say, oh, she's very old. <laughs> you got the idea? So what is the idea of beauty? It is individualistic, okay? Likewise, if you are thinking in terms of God, everybody's idea about God is different. And everybody is right from their perspective. So we are, we are not here to analyze or even to destroy anybody's idea of God. Our idea is to have tolerance. Tolerance means if somebody says there is Allah, okay, good for you. Very nice. 
somebody says there is jesus christ our father in heaven yes of course you have you have it right somebody says oh there is krishna and there is rama and all that fine you are also right from your point of view so if you want to have an elephant god like ganesha what is wrong with it okay you are also right so who is right and who is wrong nobody is right and nobody is wrong because it is individualistic it is pertaining to their own philosophies their own way of looking at life and we are nobody to judge them because we are equally blind isn't it we are as blind as those other batty you know blind blind people so why why bother about it let us see what this text says so krishna says don't bother about such philosophical brilliance everybody is right from their perspective and they are they are trying to prove it to you see every religious person will try to prove he is right accept it does it matter don't bother everybody is right right so now uddhava is asking the question remember this is uddhav gita uddhav gita is uddhava is the associate of krishna and he is asking the question so what is uddhava saying uddhava inquired although nature and living entities are constitutionally different oh lord krishna there appears no difference between them because they are found residing within one another thus the soul appears to be within nature and nature within the soul so uddhava is now asking krishna this question it appears that both do not appear different that is who is not appearing different there is an entity and there is a soul so is the entity living in the soul or the soul living in the entity you see when think about what is what is being said over here god is in you or you are in god remember the whole thing we said as one big soul so are you in him or is he in you what is right so uddhava has asked this question oh lotus eyed krishna oh omniscient lord kindly cut this great doubt out of my heart with your own words which exhibit great skill in reasoning you know please show your skill in reasoning and tell me what is right is god in me or am i in god which is absolutely right we have to know that so what is krishna going to say krishna says okay from you alone the knowledge of the living being arises and from by your own potency that knowledge is stolen away indeed no one but yourself can understand the real nature of your illusory potency so uddhava is saying to krishna he says you know you are the master the lord of everything so you only explain to us we are miserable poor people and you know, we don't understand anything and uh, our minds are so shallow and so narrow that what can we understand so can you please explain to us the supreme personality of god had said o best among men material nature and its enjoyers are clearly different distinct this manifest creation undergoes constant transformation being founded upon the agitation of the modes of nature i will repeat the entire verse once again the supreme personality of god had said oh best among men that means he is addressing his friend material nature there is something called material nature and its enjoyer 
are clearly distinct. Material nature is one, enjoyer is another. They are both separate, they are distinct. This manifest creation, everything that is created, the manifestation undergoes a constant transformation being founded upon the agitation of the modes of nature. What is he trying to say? Number one, the manifest creation, okay, it comprises of, what is this manifest creation? Manifest means coming out, producing, creating, manifesting, coming out of something. From the egg comes the chicken. The chicken has come out. It has manifested into a chicken. Before chicken it was an egg. So egg was there. Egg came from a chicken. So it has the egg has manifested from a chicken. And from the chicken came an egg. You know from the egg came a chicken. So it's like that. One manifesting into another. So what is he saying? The material nature and the enjoyers are clearly distinct. There is a material nature. What is the material nature? We did material nature. Three natures. You know, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Again the same idea has to be. One is of goodness. We have a nature called goodness. Some people have a nature of activity. And the third person has a nature of ignorance, laziness and all that. Hmm? That is an individual nature. Material nature. Enjoyer. So who enjoys? The one who enjoys is different. How does enjoyment come into the picture? If I achieve a higher rank in my studies or if I have gained a position in life, maybe I became a president of a company or a vice president of a company or something like that. Or maybe I have got a lottery. Am I going to be happy? Yes, of course. Who is happy? Is it the nature that is happy or I am happy? The I am happy is separate, isn't it? Somebody is happy. Another person says, I want to sleep. You put on one you know, alarm. You say, the alarm comes on at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. And then you put it on snooze. Five minutes later, again it comes on. Put it on snooze once again. And you open one eye and see, oh, it is 4.15 already. You shut it off. But you have forgotten there is another one which you have timed at 4.30. So again at 4.30 it says, come on, wake up. You know, the person who puts off, then you get frustrated and you look at that phone of yours and switch off all the alarms. Or maybe switch off the phone itself. And then you say, to the hell with it. I'm going to sleep today. You know, today is Sunday, I better sleep. And then you woke, and then you wake up at 8, 8 a.m. in the morning and you'll open your eyes. Ah, I wish there was somebody who could give me bed tea. You know, when they were Britishers, they used to offer bed tea. 
I'm sure you you have seen in some of the movies. <laughs> Actually, at one place. I was staying in the place where I was born. Actually, that that is a it's a very kingly place. It's a very big, rich people. So I was born at <laughs> Nagpur, and I went to stay over there for some work. I had gone there, and uh, early in the morning at six a.m., this person knocks on my door and comes inside, and he has a tray in his hand, and then he puts the tray. Baba, get up. And I opened my eyes. I'm looking at this fellow and he's saying, "Baba, bed tea laya hum." I looked at him, bed tea. You know, I cannot take tea without brushing my teeth. Can you just leave it at the side? Nay, Baba, six baje chai. You know, at six p six a.m. there is tea. At seven a.m. there is breakfast. And at six a.m. this guy is asking me what breakfast I'm going to have. I am not used to that. So. So it was so 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 irritating to me, and I said, "What breakfast are you making?" Now these are in very rich households. You have these, you know, host of servants and you know people going all around, and they will be taking care of. And I had to give him one. It's like you know, you go to a restaurant and order a meal. I had to give him something to. Go and do, and then I said, "Can you make an omelette?" Yes, Baba. Omelette. What kind of omelette? <laughs> I was catching my head. So at six a.m. in the morning, this fellow asking, "What omelette you want?" And then later on, he's asking me, "Do you want the bread just like that, or do you want it toasted? Should I put the butter on it now?" I was going to this place after many years. You know, I went when I was just twelve years old, and then when I was thirty years old, <laughs> so you can imagine the big gap that had come. And this person is asking me, and then later on, you know what? I went down for the breakfast. Everybody was sitting and waiting for me over there, and I was ashamed of myself because he had said seven a.m. is breakfast, and I landed up over there by seven five or seven seven, I think. And then everybody said good morning, Suresh. And I looked at everybody around and I said good morning. <laughs> and I was just trying to cover up and try to sit. Later on, this other person comes to my room. You know, I I was staying upstairs. So he comes to my room. Baba, apka pani lagao. You know what pani lagao means? Can I put your bath? I don't want you to give me a bath. And by the way, there were two people who were willing to give me bath at the age of thirty, and I was, <laughs> I was very mad. I said, "No, I don't want bath." Now this is how they, they live in very rich households, and I was not aware of it. Being a complete, you know, bumpkin from Mumbai, I have no idea of how this life is. And for everything, they will come and ask you and want you to give them some answers. So it was really very funny for me, and I said after that I told him, "Don't come to my room after this." Okay, I told all those fellows, "You don't come to my room." But they kept on coming because they were under orders. So I finally told them, "You know what? I'm going to go and stay in some hotel now." And actually, I shifted to a hotel and I stayed over there, and nobody came to disturb me after that.
so that was a funny incident that happened later on you know that is my great aunt's place naturally i have to honor her so i went there stayed there with her for nearly a year it was an amazing experience how these great people live <laughs> it was very funny but for me in the beginning so did you understand how this nature affects everybody around if you have a particular kind of a nature the enjoyer is different now the term enjoyer should not be misconstrued over here what is the meaning of the word enjoyer enjoyer means somebody who goes through an experience please do not mix enjoyer means ah having fun no nothing it only means going through an experience so you have a cup of tea or a coffee you are enjoying the coffee or tea but somebody gives you two tight slaps would you call that enjoyment no but what krishna says over here is it's a part of an experience you got those slaps you know as a kid you have been tap tap you know uh, i'm sure you know somebody's dad has given one tight <laughs> they will knock on your hand and say anybody home <laughs> so that anybody home is also an experience that is also called an experience or an enjoyment the term enjoyment has been put over there it's called an experience who is experiencing are the elements experiencing or are you experiencing now the separation of the term called y o u has come into the picture so the elements are separate material nature is separate and the enjoyer is separate so krishna has first given us a distinction that in you in this body of ours there are the elements we have a nature there is a nature and there is an experiencer somebody who is going through that experience now in the second line he says this manifest creation undergoes constant transformation what is the transformation what is the transformation the transformation is this that somebody comes and praises you now let us say you have gone for a movie okay there's a movie going on and one person is saying oh my god it's such a hilarious film and the person sitting next to you is not even laughing those are stupid jokes you know you understand there are some people who are it is because maybe that person doesn't understand jokes or maybe that person has got a different sense of humor so this idea that you are enjoying the movie but the person next to you is not enjoying and when you say alsi look at that very nice joke and the person looks at you and gives you a stare like this that was not a joke you know all your enthusiasm it's like puncturing a balloon it goes away somewhere and you are left with you know completely deflated balloon okay 
this stupid fellow doesn't understand a joke next time i'm not going to go for a movie with him okay what to do <laughs> it so happened one day that uh, early in the morning we were in a very different town uh, this uh, this was this town is called chikmagalur okay so we were in that town and uh, let us go to mcdonald's there was a mcdonald's first and foremost wherever whichever town that i go i first look out for mcdonald's kfc pizza hut all these i love the rest of the things i don't want to know so <laughs> guru ji there's a mcdonald's in town over here they open before you know just 7 am also you get a breakfast and so we all trooped over there okay there were some 10 of us and when we went over there and everybody ordered something or the other and most of the people now since we were traveling by car they all want to use the washrooms and all that so everybody was going here and there and coming finally you know they started serving us the person who was next to me was eating and eating the french fries and early in the morning imagine that oh my god now they don't serve burgers that time but these guys were nice they said it i told them see we have come from very far and we have driven the whole night can you please give us something to eat and they were quite nice and they were giving so this person who was sitting next to me she started eating and she said it's so nice you know it's so nice after 10 minutes after after you know nearly 3/4 of it is was over they serve it in one you know that uh, box huh so i just turned the box and it said mcdonald's ka non vegetarian burger <gasps> and i told her this is non vegetarian you are liking it oh my god this is non vegetarian i am a vegetarian i eat non vegetarian <laughs> it was such a fun funny experience <coughs> she just ran away from the i told her go fight with them <laughs> all for a vegetarian burger and now it is not vegetarian burger so the moment you come to know that it is non vegetarian what happened a transformation happened the transformation was from a non vegetarian you wanted a vegetarian by the way and we and the unfortunate part was you have already eaten it and that was the worst day of her life and by the way it happened twice once again in bangalore okay this was in chikmagalur next in bangalore the same thing happened so i told her see god wants you to eat non veg why don't you eat non veg and get away with it it's all right no no i'm a vegetarian so this transformation is happening constantly a man who is full of goodness can turn into a very very dynamic force full of action also a person who is lazy who is ignorant can suddenly turn into a very knowledgeable person as well so this transformation is like constantly happening human beings change you know that sometimes i'm not saying the nature changes please don't misunderstand me the nature is inherent it is inside flowing like like the veins you know the blood in the veins a person is never 
you will find that a person can become rich. A poor person can become rich. But you know that nose in the air or that attitude is never going to change. I'm sure you know that. So the attitude doesn't change but transformation happens. A small boy becomes a big man and then he becomes an old man. Then he dies. So this transformation is constant. It keeps on happening. Likewise, your mind keeps on changing constantly. Sometimes you like something, sometimes you hate something. It's like a constant. So this manifest creation undergoes constant transformation. Krishna says this. Don't be under the impression, don't be so fixated about life. You know, we are so fixated, I want it this way. My way is the right way. No point. We have to be adjusted. Adjustable, you know, adjust to everything around us. Now, today you may be staying in a place. Now, Brito is staying in a place which is like one day in the morning it is 29 degrees and in the night it is 0 degrees. Right? Boulder is exactly like that. Colorado Boulder is exactly like that. So, what happens to Brito? In the morning he might be going with his only his t shirt or his shirt on, but in the night. <laughs> It's a transformation. The same weather changes. Likewise, your nature also changes. That, you know, you may be happy one day and the next day you will be completely down. You don't want to get up. This transformation is constant. Being founded upon the agitations of the modes of nature. The nature agitates and it creates this kind of a issues. So, in this world, lot of things happen and that can change you. Somebody saying something nice to you, you will smile. But imagine the same person is reprimanding you later on. What happens? You are going to get very irritated with that person. You may not like it. You will say, I don't care a damn about it. So this is the reason why Krishna says that these kind of things happen. My dear Uddhava, my material energy comprising of three modes and acting through them manifests the various varieties of creation along with varieties of consciousness for perceiving them. The manifest result of material transformation is understood by three aspects Adhyatmic, Adhidaivik and Adhibautik. This requires explanation. So the last three words I will explain the coming week. But let me do this verse for you. He says my material energy Krishna is saying, these are my material energies. What are the material energies? We have already discussed so many of them. Okay, All those are energies. What do they do? They comprise of three modes. There are three modes. And acting through them, I go through them, I act through them, manifest the varieties of creation along with varieties of consciousness for perceiving them. So, my three modes of nature, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, what happens to them? They mix around with the elements, creating in this world, creating in this world, different kinds of creatures, entities. Think about the entities that get created. You have a pet dog. There is a pet dog, but can you have a pet wolf? No, you cannot have a pet wolf. Only one person has a pet wolf. In my childhood, I used to like that person. His name was Phantom. The ghost who walks, you know. 
and some comics are there he has a wolf now i cannot have a wolf as a pet that fellow will eat me up so the nature both look the same the dog and the wolf nearly look the same but they are different so it goes through their nature one is more sattvic in nature the dog can be petted he can be given a place in your house can stay there and so on and so forth you can you know how pets are but a wolf or a creature from the wild you can't do anything to that he is going to one day eat you if are you know all the arabs have you seen the arabs they have those lions and the tigers as they are carrying them on their i don't know how they carry it mm-hmm. they have the small cubs and then they have the big tiger sitting in their you know golden color vans you know i don't know big big cars rolls royce and all that you can't own these kind of creatures as as pets but still they own but can you change the nature of that you can train the tiger to eat vegetarian food but some day it is going to eat non veg and he can eat you also there is a small story which goes like this there were some sheep now i can't say ships you know ships sheep as a sheep one day they find a tiger cub small fellow lion lion cub and there is nobody around so they raise him up and they teach him to eat grass and it looks upon a sheep as a mummy okay so the tiger grow uh, that lion grows into a big animal one day another predatory animal another lion comes over there and he looks at this lion big lion over there amongst the sheep and he's he's thinking what is this fellow doing over here now this lion wants to eat the sheep that lion says no and he is eating grass so he tells him come with me what are you doing so he does man you are bleating like a sheep don't be stupid so he takes him near a water body or a small lake then he says do you know who you are yeah i am a sheep i do man this is don't be stupid look at yourself in this reflection so the lion looks at his own he says oh my god i look exactly like you he says yes of course and we don't bleat we roar like that so that is exactly what happens to human beings we believe in what we are not and this is the disconnect which we have i will explain this disconnect next week so this nature changes this whole thing and we act accordingly and for that reason you needs a big lion over there to tell you who you are okay so let me roar and tell you who you are Thank <laughs> you.
so did you understand what i said so first you got to know who you are you have always thought of yourself as sheep so in the next week coming week we are going to do some very important verses this will teach you exactly who am i are you that lion who are you how are you made what is this thing called adhyatmik adidaivik and adibautik okay these terms may sound really very vague but what is adhyatmik adhyatmik is translates into spiritual spiritual adidaivik the related pertaining to the deities or gods adibautik relating to the elements so the three aspects we will discuss next week so i will stop over here i'll give you a small recap so the recap is this that in today's verses what we have done is everybody has the three nature that is sattva rajas and tamas now these three natures are inherent in every individual but the moment you come in contact with this world it changes it's a dynamic transformation which happens and we are constantly reacting to the nature all right knowledge which is there within us that is also of these different kind again of the three kinds which we discussed all the questions were asked by uddhava this time and krishna is now going to explain which we will take up in the coming week so the three natures and how they react to everything around us shall be discussed in the coming week all right so i will take your leave you have a very good day or a good evening take care bye